0: Hell yeah. Welcome to Football and Other F Words. I am your host, Mr. Lebowski. I'm joined, as always, by our co host and producer, Zach Lyons. No, R- Mike.
1: I think you can add a rumor monger.
0: Rumor monger. <laughs> we are definitely going to get into that in a minute because we have turned ourselves into rumor mongers this week. Uh no Mike Miracles tonight. No Keith. He got lost at Disney on Ice. Man. <laughs> he got he
1: lost. he's do you think he's now in Disney on Ice?
0: I think so. I have what, not what,
1: seen him since. What do you think he's like Ursula's henchman? He seems like a merman mer- henchman. He
0: definitely does not have an all on ice role. It's yeah. he's definitely just a henchman. He's just a henchman. He's definitely Maybe one of the hyenas. He's I was just going to say he's definitely one of the extra hyenas. He's one of the extra birds that's beating on coconuts or whatever. I haven't <laughs> seen Lion King in a long time, so I think I'm equating skulls to coconuts. Yeah,
1: but I think you got it. I think I, the birds were beating on coconuts or something.
0: Speaking of beating, I'm beating on the bush because I know what people want to talk about.
1: Well, uh, nothing really happened, nah,
0: right? Not much, except for a little tweet we put out uh, <sighs> yesterday. We are recording this on Wednesday night, by the way. So yesterday evening, if you were paying attention to Twitter, and if you're listening to this, you probably were. Uh, football and other efforts decided to try to break news. Never again. (laughs) Tried to break news that Marcus Mariota was going on IR. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of let Zach walk through this next part. I mean, we're not going to get into a whole discussion about who the source is, what exactly the source knew. If you don't like that, I'm saying that, I mean, I'm sorry only because while what we did was not journalistic and we're going to get into that in a minute as well. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and get into a debate about revealing sources and shit like that. So Zach, Zach will kind of take it from here.
1: Well, my, my source, the, this person, has been pretty reliable. So let, let me take you through the process of this whole weekend leading up to it. Uh, Saturday, I was alerted to that something big is coming down the pipe on Monday. And so that got me anxious. I told Mike and Lebowski that I may have heard something. Here, here's a little bit of a gist. Something's going down with Marcus on Monday. That's all I knew going into Monday. Yeah. Monday rolls around. Nothing really happened. And I, I talked to the source, and he goes, I think they're waiting a little bit because I think something's – th- He he goes, I think something's going to happen – that they're still in negotiations about whether he is going to go on IR or not and so I said okay and Tuesday rolls around and I've kind of been talking to Buck Buck had his own sources which you can hear his process on A to Z they A to Z does three sources and I was kind of talking to Buck and he was telling me that he was hearing similar things and he was working on Tuesday to get a third source my source would not talk to him uh he didn't he didn't really feel comfortable going on the record with with someone like Buck he didn't want to out himself or anything so he should that have been a red flag should have probably been a red flag but he he didn't want to compromise his information flow right okay. so I in at the point he wasn't letting me tweet it either I pestered 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 and I started sending him tweets saying that you know here's what i'm thinking of writing because there's a lot more details that i was given than what it was here here's why i trusted the source when we first started doing the podcast i've i've hooked up with the source and start talking to this source he knew about the jerseys before anybody else did and i kind of let it go and just ignored it and didn't do anything with it
0: was he one of the sources of the picture not
1: that I'm aware of. Uh, I think that was from someone else to someone else. Okay. But but he knew that we were getting new jerseys. He knew that they were, he didn't know the design. He knew that things were going down that we were getting in New Jersey. Um, after that, he knew 48 hours before anybody else about Marcus not playing week 17, why, and what went down with the doctors, him going out to do the doctors, all that kind of stuff. So he knew all that kind of stuff. So, he knew before Schefter, in Rappaport, even before uh, the local guys, which we know the local guys did not like that Schefter and then broke it before. Certainly. So, when Buck was telling me he was going through all this, and then uh, Zach and Austin, of course, they confirmed that they only were able to get two sources as well, I finally convinced him to let me tweet it. Yeah, uh, t- it took a it took a little bit of a while for me to let him do it because he was afraid of burning the information bridge that he was having. So he told me, and we agreed on a tweet, and we tweeted it out. So it wasn't something I felt pretty confident. And then, of course, it bit me in the ass, like some things tend to do to <laughs> humans. And PK, after I think it was like 20-something minutes, uh pretty swiftly put the drop on it that he was not going to ir now nobody said anything other than uh, the rest of the information just that he was not going on ir learned my mistake i I, only thing i'm gonna do if i get information from anybody else it's gonna go straight to someone that's a big boy no i am I, i am not a big boy reporter and
0: i i couldn't agree more yeah because, and, and this is where I'll start this. Um, midday 180 today brought it up. And Chad made a comment that I, I was trying, trying to search for the right wording to discuss this. And Chad nailed it today, which was, when you start to blur the lines between a group or an entity that you trust for good entertainment, and suddenly they start to attempt to break news, the lines blur. And at the end of the day, you got to have a clear distinction. And there is no clear distinction because we were not able to back up something that we dropped out there as newsworthy with multiple sources. Right. Which in journalism is, is the key to everything. You've and, got and to be able to back up what you're putting out
1: there. And I will say in my discussions with Buck, and I told him that I was going to tweet it, and unfortunately he sent me the, you sure, after I already tweeted. <laughs> But he, he in his defense, he tried to guide me away from not tweeting it, and I did not listen to him, and I fully regret it. Here's the thing. I want to f- say a few things. I did not lie. I truly believed because of the backstory on it, and I believe the source because of his history of gathering information that was accurate. Do I, I regret not double sourcing or not just letting someone else handle it? Yes. Uh, but i just want people to know that you can still trust us for entertainment we will not break news we will definitely <laughs> we will def- we're out of that game well and to and- be honest it's i should have not have done it and i and the reason being is because i don't i don't have sources i know people at the titans facility but they're not sources they're they're friends of course so i, I don't want to exploit or leverage that so i don't i am not a professional news person it was a failed attempt at trying to get in front of a story to be the guy that, to be the podcast that we did. Because we, we all three, me, you, and Mike, Keith doesn't answer his phone's tweets. I think he, well, he's lost. We don't know where he's at. yeah um, He probably doesn't even know this is So, you know, before I put it out, I asked that I got the information from the source. They said I could put it out there. We all were very happy. We were all very stupid.
0: <laughs> no, and that's where, and, and I'll say this, and and- for those listening, I, I promise you, Zach, is, we didn't discuss this before. So, I mean, this is where I failed because we discussed this over the weekend a little bit. Yeah. And then we discussed it at length, most of it over text message yesterday.
1: Is right. all via text.
0: And there was a nagging feeling in the back of my head of, I wish we had another way to confirm this. But at the same time... I I wanted us to be the podcast to break something like that. And it was ex- I, it was like exciting. Like you're was. on adrenaline.
1: The adrenaline got us.
0: No, it is. And my selfishness to want to be the entity that has that information and gets it out there first got in the way of me doubling back and saying, I don't know. Because at the end of the day, if we knew that other media entities in town were asking but didn't have it out there yet, that should have been the red flag that, yeah. that we didn't have it. So, but here's here's kind of where I'll, I'll get into with this, is that this is where I'm most disappointed in ourselves. This podcast has spent a considerable amount of time and will continue to do so ranting about the dumpster fire that Titans Twitter constantly is. Yeah. I, I'm not saying yeah. that it's any less or more radioactive than other fan bases. I'm sure you can compare it to any other fan base and see how they act on social media. But Titans Twitter, Titans social media lately has not been an enjoyable place to be around. One of the things we have always railed about on this podcast is how damn annoying people can get in the gutter wanting to talk about this team. And all we did yesterday was contribute to that gutter. Yeah. And that ultimately is kind of what I'm more most disappointed in. I, we didn't do it on purpose. Our, our intent, while somewhat selfish to try to get the news out there before anybody else, was to be honest. But unfortunately, we didn't have multiple sources to try to back up that honesty. But at the end of the day, when I stepped back and looked at it late last night before I went to sleep, I realized all we did was contribute to more of the shit show yesterday. Yeah. And... A lot of that shit show has been directed at us for the last 24 hours and look rightfully so. I get it.
1: Hey, we, we've taken it like champs, I feel like. Uh, I have not blocked anybody. Uh I I cuz I don't first off I I think we deserve some of the stuff that we're getting thrown our way and you know, got to take your lumps. You know, we we went out there, we we swung for the fences and we missed. And right. I I do I. That's why I quickly apologized. I didn't try to do anything other than that. Didn't try to justify my tweet or anything. I wanted to. When I saw that tweet from Paul, my heart sank. Oh, because because and- it's it's an embarrassment to me. I mean, I, I take it. This will be like a regret that will like carry with me for decades, probably till I die. And it's just one of the gonna be one of those things that. Every day, I'll probably think about it for the rest of my life, but that's just how I am. I take things to heart, and I take things I do very seriously, and this podcast, why we don't get paid and all that kind of stuff, I love the connections we've made with our fans, and I love this team, and I I feel that, you know, very disappointed in myself you can tell me all day long that I'm a liar or that I was malicious or something like that. I, first off, that's not going to hurt me. I know I didn't lie. I know I didn't make up this story, whether the source was way off base, whatever, that, that's something that, you know, me and me and that person will deal with. And we've talked and hashed it out. And he know that person knows that, you know, we're good, but I'm going to take the brunt. It was my choice to put it out. It was not, you know, anything other than that. And I just, I am deeply sorry.
0: Well, and, and I am too. And, you know, look, just just know going forward, it was not, this was not something we made up to be malicious. It was not made up, something we made up to get clicks. None of that kind of thing. It's just, we just, we thought we had a piece of information that we were breaking, and the second we realized we didn't have all the facts to back it up, trust me, it felt very shitty. Yeah. That was not a good, i I kind of give you an example. As you tweeted that yesterday, I got on a conference call. I have a conference call every Monday that is pretty intense. And it usually lasts for about an, anywhere from an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. While that was going on, I had to take my personal phone and turn it, put it on silent and turn it over and put it away from me because my phone was lighting up first with, how did you get this information? And then second of what the hell it's being refuted. So anyways, long story short, my desire to go silent was very strong by the time I got off that conference call. Um, and and the war conference call didn't go well either. So anyways, where, where I'm going is that it, this was not something that... We hit send on a tweet and we're like, hell yeah, it's going to rile up the fan base. Who gives a damn if they don't know that we made it up? Right. That was not the intent. It, I mean, I promise you, my heart sank into my stomach the second I saw that tweet from Paul as well. And that's when I took my phone and just pushed it away from me because I thought, I'm I'm going to have to deal with this later. I need to actually focus on my, you know, focus on work right now. But anyways, long story short, look, guys, they, our intent was not to deceive it was it came from a place of trying to break a piece of information that we thought that we had before anybody else. And I can promise you we're not gonna do that again. We're gonna never, offer it to Never again. We're, we're sticking to fart jokes. Right. We're gonna offer it to the media sources that we know and like and see socially, and we'll we'll let them handle that because that's what they get paid to do and that's what they are good at. So yeah. um all right. So it is Wednesday before game day. Right. The Titans travel to Charlotte to play the, and I don't even know their record. Do you know?
1: <laughs> I think they're five and three. Oh,
0: that's right because um, he
1: went on a big five game winning streak. Yes. Kyle, Kyle Allen.
0: Allen yeah. has Allen has held them together. One of the things I've enjoyed about this whole Kyle Allen transition is people keep tweeting out that Cam Newton commercial where he runs <laughs> into a little boy in the park that's warming <laughs> up and he's that's my, I think he's that's my favorite thing. He's stretching his arm and yeah. somebody so I'm gonna butcher him. Somebody's always like, "Who knew this was Kyle Allen?" And, yeah. Uh, so that's that's been enjoyable to see but I don't really know what to make of the Panthers I mean McCaffrey's a problem um but do the Titans match up well against the Panthers they're they're shifty I think the
1: Panthers have a bunch of shifty players and what I mean by that is that Christian McCaffrey he jukes he's got juke he's got speed he's like a Madden cheat code but Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, they're no slouches themselves. They got speed. They're they're twitchy as well. You know, it's it's gonna be odd. I think the good thing is is that yes, Greg Olson is sort of good, but you, you're not really gonna have to worry about. I think I think Jayon can focus on Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think anybody really has to worry too much about Greg Olson. But they're not very deep at wide receiver. And if Adorey's back, then, you know, we're pretty deep at cornerback. So, in my opinion, I kind of think we match up well. I am more concerned. I wish we would have g- played Cam Newton. Because here's the thing. He's, what, uh, now six game he hasn't played six games in a row, I yeah. believe. So, he's rusty, coming off an injury. So, he'll be a little gun-shy with injury. To me, that's like a perfect formula of – a player that you want to face as a defense instead of someone, Kyle Allen, who's for up until last week playing against San Francisco was looking pretty damn good. And we are outside recording. So if you hear a <laughs> lot of weird stuff, so sorry. Well, I want to tell you the one yeah. thing
0: I've been watching at the distance is it was nice and clear from here all the way through South Nashville. And then I've been watching this wall of mist roll in and I was wondering if it was going to come our way, but I think we're okay. <laughs> but, um, I'm like you. Yeah, I would have rather had you know Cam Newton with his 75 year old shoulders out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think people w- didn't want Cam Newton, and and there's a big difference between between Patrick Mahomes and his uh, robot knees, or <laughs> he has like a he has a knee hidden inside his other knee. It's like a Russian nesting doll, apparently. But the there's a difference between playing. Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense and then playing against Cam Newton coming off six games and an injury. Yeah. And especially with because he had that injury scare last year, towards the end of last year, where he, they didn't even think he was going to play. It's very Andrew Luck-esque, this yes. whole Cam Newton situation. And I think that if you're wanting to...
0: Andrew Luck-esque as in, like, you you think he's going to walk at some point? Well, no. You think he's just gonna wake up and, oh, and tweet his retirement? and That'll be the end of it. Oh, I don't in know, Sanskrit or whatever the hell that shit is. He tweets out. I, I,
1: I, I say Andrew Luck esque in that. I think he didn't come back. He tried to come back too soon, oh, okay. and I think okay. the Panthers okay. mishandled it. Okay. Could he retire? I don't know. That's a good. That's a good topic to maybe get into a little bit later. Seeing we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But you know the, I don't know the. I'm more worried about that front seven that the Carolina defense has versus that god awful train wreck that we saw for i don't know like 10 or 11 drives up until that one dri- magical 90-yard drive. So that that's my concern. What's I mean, do you feel pretty concerned about their defense versus our offense? Yeah,
0: um yes. I I ca- I can tell you if we were still running the Mariota experiment. I know this is easy to say. I mean, absolutely. i would be terrified that there's no chance. Um, But Tannehill has shown, I don't want to say flashes because that sounds too brief, but let's not act like he has been the complete package. You know, he's not been the complete package. He's been good. And like you said, the 90 yard drive was nice. Um, But Tannehill was not a starter for a reason. And I'm waiting for the bad Tannehill to show up.
1: We, I thought, I don't think we saw bad Tannehill. Even if I'm not looking at the box score, I watched yeah, right, the game. Right. I don't feel that that was bad Tannehill. I feel that was bad offensive line and yes. bad play calling and game planning. But I don't really think that Tannehill was technically at fault.
0: And I'll admit that I haven't watched the game again since Sunday. I've, I'm just going off of my memory of the, of the one watch through. So... Um, (laughs) so now my emotions of the game are starting to get a little stale now because we're we're rolling into Wednesday, but, um, I, I think the Titans match up well against Carolina. I, I just am still a little miffed and this may be my lack of depth and understanding about how offenses work in the NFL. I can't believe I'm saying that as a football fan for over 30 years now, but, but let me put it this way. I'm still a little miffed at amount, the amount of play time that, you know, for instance, like, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and them are getting, yeah, right?
1: I mean, and aren't you a little miffed that – and maybe we'll, we want to get into Vrabel and the coaching staff. We and, will. I And,
0: and you, feel free to go nuts, but that's kind of one of the last topics yeah. I'll get into. Yes. The, but
1: the the fact that they both played only 62% and, like, the tight ends were I, – I don't get what they were trying to do. Like, I don't – that's the problem that I have and uh, Titans tape put out a really good tweet last night about uh, the curl. And I think it was 3rd and is 3rd and long and we sent out three curls but they were like t- with tight ends. Okay. And the 49ers do five wide and send out and spread the whole length of the field to get the first down, but they use wide receivers. That's what NFL offenses should do. You know, it's been said ad nauseum leading into the game and after the game 32nd ranked past defense first ranked rush defense if we all know that why doesn't the staff know that <laughs> like that's the thing and now we're going up against a really good pass defense i think they're fifth i think they may be the fifth best defense going right now uh i don't know how the san francisco game really affected all that but you know they have a really good front seven uh you know, they were the number one pass defense in the first few weeks. So, they're not a, a slouch team. So, I guess the biggest question mark for me is probably not the players and how they match up, but what are we going to do game plan-wise? Are we going to try and run five wide with three tight ends, Derrick Henry and Dion Lewis, or are we actually going to use five wide and wide outs? Like, what, what's going on here?
0: Well, this is... <coughs> I guess let me put it this way, excuse me, that for the last two games, I mean, of course, the Chargers game, the Titans were very lucky. We literally won the game on a goal line stop. But Tampa Bay, I mean, we got really damn lucky because the officiating crew should have given Tampa Bay a touchdown off of the current turnover because the ball was definitely out of his hands. Where I'm going with this whole thing is that If we're going to see three weeks of improvement with Tannehill under center, this is the week that it has to happen. This is the matchup that we have to start to see a clear definitive pattern of the offense getting in a click and that, that the offense is building towards something that looks like more of a modern style, cohesive offensive group that can score points and not rely on fluky shit to keep the game in their hands
1: i'm looking forward to next week's podcast where we say the exact same thing because i feel like we've been saying we've been saying that exact thing me you buck mike in the last two or three weeks since we've had Tannehill. (laughs) now that i think about it yes have said that exact thing yes we have well you know this is the week that we need to see it and 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 quite frankly i think it was either it was one of the three of us me you or mike that said, when Tannehill got started, that we looked at the schedule a little bit, and I think we said Carolina was the game, regardless. But I, I mean, even here, here, oh my gosh, I, where do I even begin with this with this team? Sometimes is that here? Here's my problem. If if Tannehill doesn't show it, if he has a game like last week, I don't think I think that's enough to win. And that's why I've said that Tannehill will do enough to help us win but, versus the Panthers. Because last week was not enough, technically, if you don't count in the crazy interceptions. Now, kudos to him. I think he's perfect in the red zone, 6-for-6. Six six. Uh, he took what the defense gave him, and he scored points. You know how many times that we've gotten an interception and or gotten a turnover— under previous quarterbacks all the way back in the day and never scored points yes like to me that's that's huge he's that's what a quarterback is supposed to do not to take anything away from him because I know people want to say, well, if it wasn't for those interceptions, well, that's what's supposed to happen.
0: Uh, no, right? I mean, the, absolutely. The whole point is uh, if you get a turnover on the red zone is to convert it. You are expected to convert it, yeah. and he did that.
1: I mean, how many times do we have false starts that knock us out of touchdown range right. or field goal, even field goal range? So to me, he's done what he's supposed to do. Has he, uh, has he made me think that, okay, he is – he is a different Tannehill, he's going to lead us to the promised land or something like that. No, not yet. Doesn't mean he can't. But to me, the bigger question is, what is the staff going to do? That, that to me, I almost want to I know this sounds weird, but I think the staff is holding us back. I think they're holding the talent on this team to to back for whatever reason.
0: Well, hold, hold on to that point okay. just a second, because I, I want to say this and then we can move into that topic. This is it simply in a nutshell from what I want to see this week out of this team. Can the defense maintain? Because right now the way the defense is playing, I think, is is still pretty damn good. Um, can the defense maintain? And if the defense can maintain, if they don't grab a couple of extra turnovers, can this offense put together multiple lengthy drives to score? Because while I agree, and I do like to argue with people that are like, we didn't have the turnovers, blah, blah, blah. Okay, they converted, but at the same time, I kind of understand where people are coming at with this. Is that well, we didn't really get to see the offense drive the field. We did see one long drive. Yeah. I I do I would like to see multiple long drives because to me it answers a couple of questions that Tannehill can do it, that the offensive line can hold up on a long drive and or for multiple long drives, and that this coaching staff can get out of their own damn way. Yeah. And that's kind of where I want to take this next segment. Now I'm gonna start off here. Fans that are starting this whole bullshit about fire variable, I don't want to listen to that crap right now. I mean, I just, I really don't. I, that, to me, harkens back to things that I've I've harped on on this podcast before in the past about SEC fans wanting to replace coaches every two years the second they lose to a rival or the second they go 0-3 in the SEC, whatever let's just stop right there I, I'm not going to advocate for that right now am I unhappy with the way he's coaching yes do I am I starting to have some serious doubts about the choices he's making absolutely but I, I don't want to go down that route but the route I do want to go down is that there is a clear pattern here that Art Smith's offensive call, play calling style is very odd and seems jumbled
1: it's the weirdest thing it's I think I've weird, ever seen
0: and Vrabel picks the most inopportune time to not get out of his way, specifically fourth down calls. Now i want to kind of start with the fourth down thing because I was ranting on okay. this earlier this week before we tried to break news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That what really drove me nuts with, with Vrabel and his presser after the game this week was... Why did you decide to go for it on fourth down? Why did I just gotta decide to go for it on fourth down? It's because we get a certain read, and we get a certain look, and we practice that, and if we get that read in the game, we're going to go for it because we feel that we're successful. And Titans the, are 1-8 on fourth downs.
1: Let me, let, let me say that. That's the same exact reasoning and excuse when he chose to have Luke Stocker be a fullback and run it, and then they fum- and then we fumble it, and the Texans <clears throat> score a touchdown. Bingo. It's the same exact reason. Why? First off, you had a fullback at some point. If you need to do a fullback run, go get a fullback. Don't get Luke Stogger. But second off, did you – are you sure you practiced
0: it? Well, because this doesn't look that's like the he point, practices That's it. the point I'm trying to make is that <clears throat> if we take you at your word, that's the only thing we can do here. If you're getting this read and the Titans are 1 for 8 – okay, I'm sorry. Let's back up because before we went forward on fourth down against Tampa, they were 1 for 7. Yeah. If that's the read you're, you're getting – and that's the look you get. Statistically, which I know you don't want to talk about statistics, statistically, you are not going to make that fourth down. Yeah, Do not go against that read.
1: And, and here's the thing. I, I, I kept hearing all week, well, Devin Smith came across from the other side of the field, and he made a great play. Not to take anything away from Devin Smith, but let's classify what the other side of the field is. Because he's in the middle of the form, the exact middle of the field goal blocking formation, he didn't come from one hash hash mark to the other hash mark, right in dead center in the middle. He didn't have to run that far to go and
0: destroy our most valuable asset. <laughs> I mean, that, exactly. You're making a great point. He's standing in the middle of the field goal unit, tracking a punter. Yeah. I, I mean, let, let's not let's not mince words here. He's not tracking. Someone with decept, you know, deceptive speed. He's not tracking a back.
1: Yeah, and and people are like, well, if he would have slid, he probably no. I don't know where you th- at. What you think happens when you slide? I don't know if you think you magically go under the ground and then come up the other side. <laughs> he was not making that first down. It was very apparent right when right when he decided to run. I'm looking at the screen and I'm looking at Lauren and I'm going. Yeah, he's not making it. He may be dead.
0: <laughs> like And he got decked like three yards short. Yeah. So you're right. Even there's no slight if he slides, he's still gonna probably be four yards short. Yeah. Because you want to start the slide optimally before you're getting your back broken in two, which right. is what looked like was happening on that play.
1: The it it was so bizarre. And if you want to run a fourth down play, I understand going for it, right? Like That scenario, I understand going for it. I don't understand the fake field goal play call. I just, if you want to go for it, try a short pass crossing route. Try Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry to the outside on the
0: running was working. I'm going to repeat the hilarious phrase that a wonderful British gentleman told me in London when we lost the Chargers game of you have a fucking skyscraper in the backfield and you do that. (laughs) I mean, that's how I feel when I'm watching Brett Kern get leveled into the ground like it's raw. Like it's WWE raw.
1: No no offense to Brett Kern, because you know the I big Brett Kern. Bre- huge Brett Kern apologies. I over think here. he I think we're all aware that I think he's the one thing Titans fans can agree on that he is the best. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Very, very few things we can agree on. Someone said that we can agree on Brett Kern, and I agree. Why are you even trying to waste your time with Brett Kern trying to run it? Is I mean, like if you if you truly are practicing that play,
0: punters are golfers.
1: Yeah, I mean, why
0: punters have golf bodies? I just I and I, that's not a knock on them. Yeah. they're not built to do that.
1: I'm not saying you shouldn't probably ever practice a fake field goal run, but I've haven't seen one be ran successfully in a long time that I can remember. I think one of them, and usually the holder is throwing it behind themselves to someone else and an actual athlete is running the ball. Like someone comes around from the, the one side of the field goal formation comes behind the kicker punter or holder throws it up to him. They run the rest, right? Like Brett Kern has to get it, pick it up, get up and run. Like (laughs) he has no momentum built, right? (laughs) So if, even if you are practicing this, I, I haven't seen anybody run it against Tampa Bay this year. I haven't seen anybody try one this year. So what look were you thinking that the Tampa Bay... What did you see on film when you were reviewing Tampa Bay film and saying, you, you know, if we get that look, fake film will go run.
0: Well, so like, what are you thinking? So Buck made this comment on A to Z, and if it did not, feel free to cut this out of the podcast. But Buck made this comment on A to Z that on multiple road trips, correct me if I'm wrong, that Robinson has been, what, quote, purple in the face yeah. over some of these play calls. Yeah. Am, am I repeating that correctly? That, that is correct.
1: Because apparently when you're a, a away team, you can see your staff better than what you Did you know that before face.
0: now, before this year? I didn't know that until the press box thing with Koharski a couple of weeks ago with who's the guy who blocked all of us oh
1: Benjamin Albright Albright,
0: yeah. <laughs> Albright has 95% of Titans fans blocked I actually didn't just side a little tidbit I didn't know that the GM of the away team sat up with the press I, I, I didn't that's know that either
1: yeah I thought that was pretty interesting that, that's
0: is it you think that's just a stadium thing or is that
1: it must be, but I'm I'm kind of surprised
0: they don't no, Steve, get,
1: don't get their own sweet. I kind of I
0: know I I did too. I think because I don't know personally. I don't want to go too far else to the road, but I just can only imagine if you've got something that disastrous happens on the field, you don't want to watch 14 heads turn around and look at you. <laughs> you know, like when your star quarterback gets a sternum torn yeah. into or something. Well, anyways, um, so I I okay. First off, I'll say in face value turning purple in the face kind of makes you feel a little bit better that someone in a leadership group in this team. Right. Thinks, or is thinking probably the same thing we think, but like at what point if you're Robinson, are you not sitting down with Vrabel and saying, okay, cards on the table. What the fuck?
1: Do you think it's kind of <laughs> odd that we haven't heard from John Robinson almost all year?
0: Mm, I don't know. I, that's hard for me to answer because I feel like the GMs in the league that are vocal. Take advantage of that on their own, gotcha. and the ones that don't want to be vocal, don't. And there's not a problem with yeah,
1: it. Yeah, because you know Arthur Blank right after the game on Saturday. You know he had a quick presser and talked about stuff. You know we haven't really heard from Amy Adams, drunk and or John Robinson, which to me is a little odd. But I mean, if he's not available, he's not available, right? I guess you can hear him. I'm sure maybe he has some random radio spot at some point. Sure. Um. I'm sure it's with like a cupcake, like Mark Howard or something, where they're not going to ask him anything of importance. Wow! Breaking news.
0: Oh, um, pff, <laughs> no. So, but Amy Adams. It does. not I guess it doesn't really surprise me that we haven't heard well, from yeah, her. Yeah, I
1: mean, what was she really going to say? I mean, right. Likely. But exactly. I would love to and hear from John Robinson. Right.
0: I, now. I, I kind. I kind of agree. I, is it? Do I want to hear from Robinson? Yeah. I mean, is it? Is it odd? I don't know. It's not it, my place it's to not say that. It's not necessary, right?
1: I mean, I just yeah. want to hear it because I want to hear. What do you think? Because the reason why I think it would be interesting, and I want to hear it, is because he's pretty quick to admit his mistakes. And i have talked to various people and I've, and throughout this whole thing, and they're like, "Well, if Tannehill does good. That means we're just gonna keep this entire staff." Well, you gotta remember, this is a guy that forced the offensive coordinator after a playoff run, forced him out, and the head coach who didn't want to get rid of him got forced out too. Well, I mean, so, that's a good point. And he got rid of, he cut bait with Kevin Dodd and he cut bait with Sylvester or Sly Williams. He's cut bait with players that he thought were good. And he tried to cut bait with them pretty quick to move on. And I don't think that right now, I don't think Art's job is safe right now for sure. It's probably safe for the entire season because I doubt unless they have some real faith in Sean O'Hara to be uh, OC. I don't. I don't think there's a better option I mean, technically. A- so, you know, it's been half halfway through the season. Why try to install a new season on the fly or whatever? But it's not to say that Art Smith is, even if maybe we get in the playoffs, that Art Smith sticks around.
0: Well, and so here's, <clears throat> I guess, excuse me again. Um, I guess this kind of way I look at it with not hearing from Robinson is that it may be complete assumption here, maybe – Look, maybe he just doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't want it to be an indictment on an OC that is probably jittery. I'm sure is hearing the criticism, has to be hearing the criticism. Obviously, here's the questions that are being asked. And doesn't want to try to add any more weight to a young guy who's trying to figure it out. Um, I know as a fan, no one wants to hear that, you know, going into week eight. Is it week eight or week nine?
1: Oh, well, technically, yeah, week nine. So
0: that going into week nine that your OC would be quote unquote trying to figure it out. But I I think that's probably why you're not hearing Robinson make any comment because it doesn't, he probably does not want it to be spun into an an indictment or, you know, for or against Artsmith, Right. Right. I think if we do hear from Robinson at some point, you can probably read a lot into what he's saying. Um, This is what I was going to ask. I mean, has an OC ever been fired or replaced in the middle of a season? I can't remember an NFL team that's done it.
1: Well, uh, head coaches have done it. Well, I mean, we just had Ken Wisenhunt just got fired from San Diego as offensive coordinator, or sorry, L.A. Chargers. He yeah. just got fired. And then, um, well, Jay Gruden was head coach. So, technically, Bill Callahan moved up to from offensive coordinator, or was he defensive coordinator? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Shit. I can't remember Callahan. But I think yeah.
1: he's offensive coordinator, and he moved up. And so they would have to have a different offensive coordinator. They the Vikings last year fired. Oh, uh, that's right. They fired Flip, who's down in Jacksonville now, and they brought in Kevin Seifert. So, yes, but typically it's because the person they they put into that they never go and get an outside source. Like so, if you wouldn't fire. You'd hire from within still. In this case, I'm not too confident that O'Hare would be much better, but you never know. So it could happen. <laughs> but I feel like with this team, I don't think it's the I don't think I, don't, I think the likelihood of it is very, very slim.
0: I agree because I don't I don't really know what it solves at this point because you get okay, let's just go on the assumption you're not gonna bring in the OC you want anyway. So you elevate somebody then what what purpose does that serve to try to get a different offense running with a backup quarterback that you probably don't intend on giving any sort of long-term contract after this season? Right. I, well, maybe I shouldn't say long-term, but yeah. I think you know what I mean. Right. Like, th- we're not trying to install an offense around Tannehill right now. So I think you get through the season with whatever, however it lays out, but works out great great. You can get to the end of the season. You can evaluate what Art changed, what he did well, and is he worth keeping going forward? But if it is middling, or God forbid, turns into a disaster, then yeah, you're replaced next season. You start fresh with a new quarterback that you've drafted and a new offensive coordinator, and you move forward. But, I don't know. Do you see do you see, I guess Vrabel getting rid of Art Smith after season one? Or do you see Robinson forcing him to do it?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, it's something I've gone back and forth on. Um, it it would depend on the relationship between Art and variable whether variable was going to do it. Because yeah. Zimmer, Zimmer got flip-fired because their phil- philosophies on how to run the offense were drastically different. Yeah. Zimmer wanted to run. Flip wanted to pass. And now they're gone. And look at Dalvin Cook this year. Look at how they run the offense. It goes through the running back. So there's philosophical differences. I don't think philosophical differences are here. Now, Art Smith is a fiery coach. Vrabel's a fiery coach. They keep things pretty under wrap. They seem to get along. So in my mind, I don't see. I, I think J Rob and Vrabel will probably have a very, very lengthy conversation about the majority of this staff. Um I I have a hard time right now with the way that we're trending on offense. I have a very very hard time seeing Art Smith on, um, on this team next year, regardless of how Vrabel sees it. Now, whether Vrabel is the one that's doing it or if J Rob is the one that ends up doing it, you know, that's that's debatable. I agree, and, and I just I, don't see it done.
0: I don't either, and I think. I think you would have to see a pretty miraculous turnaround. Let's just be honest. When's the last time you saw an OC suddenly all of a sudden have a light switch flip on in the middle of the season? Yeah. So I don't think it's happening. I, I do. I kind of want to switch to this. Um, I know the last couple of weeks I've been talking about more positivity, right? Right, right. Can't Positive be negative notes. all the time. Positive thoughts. And and this is where I think Mike would appreciate this because Mike's not here to defend himself. And one thing Mike has been very frustrated with on Twitter, <laughs> and I've been a little guilty of this, is, I mean, dude, we're 500. Right. Four and four. And that's not the worst position to be in. No, no. It's not the worst position to be in. And I know that most Titans fans will turn around and say, oh, it's just going to give us a shitty draft pick at 8-8. and Look, I understand and agree with the point you're making, but I got to repeat the point that I made in the offseason, which is I feel like fan bases are so quick to forget how demoralizing a sub-500 season can be. And I'll take it even worse, a sub-5 win season can be. You start getting down into the four-win seasons, the three-win seasons. That does a real number on the locker room. It does a real number on the fan base. This fan base is already struggling as it is. That's not a good position to be in. I, I, this tanking shit or what kind of sub, you know, subliminally wanting your team to lose to get a better draft pick, you just have to trust that your GM is going to be able to make moves to get a quarterback where they need to get a quarterback. Not lose and put yourself in a position to do it. The you're you're
1: not going to get Joe Burrow and Tua if if that's who you want. You're not going to get them. Yeah. The Bengals and the Dolphins, I think, pretty much got that wrapped up. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're they're drafting one and two yeah. more than likely. Um, so at this point, you're looking at trying to get someone like Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love. Um, God, I don't even want to say these next two names: Justin Herbert and. <clears throat> uh Jake Fromm yeah we, there's can, also we, we, we can stop yeah I mean there's five <laughs> there's potentially seven quarterbacks <laughs> that you can draft right yeah no, there's not seven there's not going to be seven teams in front of us no matter where we pick that need quarterbacks right so let's let's try to get wins look my big thing I love being four and four I love that there is an outside chance that we can make the playoffs. And I know it's tough, but I am okay with being in the hunt. It's just been such a, it's a chore to get to 4-4. Four and four. It
0: is a chore, but I will say, and this is where I'm trying to be positive. And this is something I thought about the other night because I really am trying to find positive stuff about this team. And and I, I'm, I'm glazing over it, but look at it this way. Fan bases right now, like, like Cincinnati, like the Dolphins. I don't have a lot to look at because frankly, especially the Dolphins have tried to give every weapon away that they have. And right now, while Tannehill's obviously not a long-term solution, it's kind of refreshing to know that a quarterback can, and it's at least shown over the last couple of games, get the ball to exciting people like A.J. Brown. So when those exciting moments do happen for the Titans, let's just enjoy it. And I will say, I know it's hard to get into defensive stuff, but damn, if you're not really into and hyped up on how the Titans defense is playing right now, you're kind of missing out. Right. I I would lean on those moments and just enjoy the wins that we get and the losses that happen. You know, try not to read too much into it and just trust that your GM is going to make the moves in the offseason because there's literally nothing you can do about it right now. Not a thing.
1: Here's what I know. Corey Davis is good when given the chance. AJ Brown is good when given the chance. Johnny Smith, we've seen over the last two weeks, has been very, very, yes. very, yeah. very good. We know that Derrick Henry, when even if there is very small holes or big holes, he's very good. We we have good players on, on offense. We multi- have a, we have a quarterback that is trying his best to take advantage of those weapons at this Bingo. point. So there is the no matter what happens. And those people who say, well, it doesn't matter what quarterback you bring in. We're always going to be this. We're always going to be that. I don't see that. I I just don't see it anymore. I see that a quarterback can come in here with the amount of weapons that we have in the passing game. This can easily turn into a modern offense in one season. Yes. This is an elite defense that mostly is going to be able to stay together next year. Uh, I, I think that Logan Ryan is... Uh, Playing at an all-pro level, he should be considered in the talk for Defensive Player of the Year, in my opinion, and he should definitely be an all-pro in Pro Bowl, and they need to extend him now. Yeah. (laughs) They don't need a way. (laughs) They, They need to be getting, and I'm sure they are, but they need to be getting something together to keep him there, because... He he is he's not only that, but he's a good leader. He's great in the community. He does a lot of stuff for Nashville and in the surrounding area. We we need to keep those kinds of players because we are gonna have young player. We we're a very young roster and he's a good example of a good pro to keep around. But I mean, that defense is is, is amazing. And I I still think that if we can try to figure out how to be a consistent on offense that with our play calling at this point i'm not worried about the quarterback anymore right offensive line here and there i'm a little worried about it but as far as this year if we can get that offensive consistency from the staff we can still make it into the playoffs i am i am positive that we can make it into the playoffs so far we've done we're a good team yeah. We're not good to great. We're a good team. Yeah, yeah. We we beat the teams that we should be, and I think it was uh, Chris Westling on the around the NFL podcast said, "Good teams beat bad teams in close games. Great teams whip the shit out of them." And nah, he didn't say the whip the shit, but whip their butts up and down the field for four quarters. Right. That's what great teams do. So we're a good team. Yes, we've beaten some bad teams, but we've won. Winning is all that matters. Nobody cares about how you win. Listen, I guarantee to you the Browns would would fans right now would rather have won 3 or 4 of those games that they've lost by 2 points. Oh yeah. But certainly. now they're sitting at 2 and 5 right now. You think you think they would rather be 4 and 4? No,
0: 2 and 5 and you watch the frustration coming out of every press conference, especially Baker Mayfield walking out of press conferences today. Trust me, that's not a happy team. And that's where I go back to the yeah. point I was making earlier is that I really think fan bases, ours included, are very quick to forget how shitty the mood gets in a locker room and in a fan base when a team starts to be sub-500 and especially a team that's only got a couple of wins under its belt. Because going into Week 9, the Browns are, what, 2-5? and five? Yeah. This starts to look like a situation where the Browns may be lucky to win four or five games. And that's that's painful. So. I think Titans fans should should step back and feel a little lucky that despite all the problems that we on this podcast have talked about, that the team's at 500.
1: And, and let me say this, 2-6, and six, you think that Delaney was vocal earlier in the uh, year? Yeah. 2-6 would have been bad, and you would have had more people be vocal. This locker room would have turned. It was so, so close for a little bit. Now, yes. we're on a two-game win streak. Things are looking different. You, if you're a fan of a team... You need to be rooting for wins, in my opinion. I understand that personally you may f- want to – you're not getting to our Joe Burrow, so it really doesn't matter where you draft at this point because you're going to have to trade up, but you trade up for less to get one of these other quarterbacks, right? Right. At this point, you, you need to win. This locker room needs to win. This fan base
0: should want wins. Right, right. So, all right. Before we wrap up here, a little bit, a little bit of positive news. You were asking me a couple of weeks ago, you know, what's what's it going to take to get back to the stadium? Well, yeah. I have an answer for you. Uh-oh. I will be at the Chiefs game. Will you? I will be at the Chiefs game. I have tickets to the Chiefs game with my brother, so I will be there. Let's try to set up. What did
1: he have to bribe you with?
0: Uh, he didn't have to bribe me. He just I, I, well, look. Let me let me admit this. I kind of want to see Patrick Mahomes play in person. So let's I'm, hope I'm, that
1: he's not playing. L- I well, <laughs> as an NFL fantasy, fan, I know, I know your fantasy team needs. But it's not
0: line. even the fantasy thing. I'm becoming like I'm not becoming. I am a big, huge Mahomes fan at this point. But, um, so Titans fans, you'll close your ears for a second. I w- I do want to see Mahomes play, right? As a Titans fan, I don't want to see him play. But regardless, I will be at the game. I will be rooting for the Titans. So, uh, kind of interesting. That is interesting. See if we can uh, see if we can put together a little. Well, tailgate in the parking lot or something. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, last but not least, before we close it out, I want to say congratulations to Will Copton, guest of the oh, show yeah. at one point. He has signed with the Oakland Raiders. So the For the Boys podcast now has two full-time NFL players on it. So
1: let me let me ask you this. Uh the and Bowl, obviously, because we play mm. the Raiders uh, in, in Oakland uh, later yeah. this year. Uh, What are the chances that Will Compton is lobbying his defensive coordinator to tr- try to get him a sack off of Taylor LeJuan's side, where he just rushes past Taylor one and
0: gets a sack? I think I think it's high. Is it? Is <laughs> I think it's high. Think is? I mean, come on. Yeah. Do you not think that they don't want to talk about that in the offseason? Oh, I'm sure they do. Uh, there's a, I, I guarantee Compton will want to do it, A, for pride just for fodder yeah (laughs) so absolutely let me say
1: this the Raiders have not looked like an incompetent
0: football team no because they started out looking incompetent
1: and that was one of my things that I've I've, I think I put out at some point that the Raiders would be pretty good this year I I think I told a couple people that I thought they could you know possibly win the division if Tyreek Hill was going to be out a considerable amount of time because he beats children Um, (laughs) but you know I thought the Raiders were going to be pretty good even without antonio brown before they got him i was kind of thinking they could be pretty good in the last two weeks they've kind of proven that they can hang with the, some some people
0: it's week nine and half the nfl does not have a starting quarterback so right it's been uh been very interesting um really appreciate you all tuning in as always uh you can find us anywhere you find your podcast please when you do find our podcast rate review subscribe and tell your friends about us tell them how much you like listening to f words podcast you don't mind us giving a little shout out as always you can follow me at mr lebowski you can follow the podcast at f words pod on twitter i am your host mr lebowski for zach lyons and our two abs and idiots you've just been up